Blog Talk Radio. Do you want to elevate your mind? Do you want to shift your life? Well, sit back and relax. It's time for another episode of The Shift with Skip. Get ready to roll. Hey, Happy New Year, everyone, and get ready to roll. Huh. 2015, welcome to a new year, welcome to a new you. I am Skip Jennings, your host for The Shift with Skip. How funny is that, yeah? We're moving into a new year, and um, how are you embracing your new year? Are you uh, looking at it in, in a positive way, or are you just happy to get out of 2014, or are you seeing infinite impos- inf- infinite possibilities? How are you embracing your new year? Um, I'm, for one, am glad to jump into 2015. I love the number 15. 15 is a special number for me. Um, it's a it's uh, uh, it just feels complete, and um, I feel like it's going to be a better year than 2014. So I'm embracing it and stepping into this new year with a full heart. Our journaling exercise for th- this week, it's all about embracing the new year. And so the question I'm going to throw out to you is, how are you setting your intention for your mind, body, and spirit for 2015? What are your goals? And we talk about this quite a bit on the shift, that you set a goal, but your intention actually comes from the goal that you set. So if you set the goal to lose 20 pounds throughout 2015, set the intention to go to your yoga class every week or set the intention to move, remove the sugar out of your diet. So intention actually keeps us in the present moment. What are you doing now in this present moment to achieve the goal? And remember, the goal is about the outcome. So I want you to journal about your goals and also your intention. Remember, the goal is about the outcome, and the intention will keep you in the present moment. So um, hit us up on Facebook, The Shift with Skip, and let us know what's going on in your new year. Follow us. Make sure you go to skipjennings.com, and at skipjennings.com, you're able to listen to all the shows on demand. So you can listen to it right from our website. Also, um, our DVDs are available. My DVDs are available there. So if you're looking to get a little yoga on, you can get a yoga DVD there. You can get our Cardio Zen yoga and also um, a couple of strength training um, videos that we have there as well. And they're also downloadables. So you're able to download the books or download the the videos now right to your computer. And also the book Spirit Explosion is available on um on iTunes and on Amazon as an ebook. So you have a choice to do that as well. So grab some of Skip, take it home with you, enjoy it, and then hit us up on Facebook and let us know what's going on with you. All right, so we are jumping right into our new year and we have a guest on our show today. And I'm going to say his first name, which is very easy for me, Stephen. And his last name is, I'm going to try this, Iwaski. I think I did it right. <laughs> and he's a yogi, and he's done an amazing journey across um, Europe on his bike for a long time. You know I'm a cyclist, right? But the amount of time he spent on the bike, uh, uh, it's great. I, I'm so excited to hear about it. So let's just welcome Stephen to the show. Hey, buddy, how are you? 
I'm good, Skip. Thanks. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, my fellow yogi. <laughs> <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> Namaste, y'all. Namaste. So, um, I, you know, I, let's just jump right into this conversation. Um, I kind of know the story about how you got involved with yoga, but I want you to tell our listeners um, how, how did your yoga, your yoga experience actually begin? Um, well... I guess there there are two real sides to that. There was okay. There's the, there's, there's the the thing that I, I call by before yoga. There's right. Like most, okay. Most people who are yoga teachers or who are like yoga junkies, they have right. a life that occurred before they discovered yoga. Right. Right. Um, so there's that, and that that's part of my journey to yoga. But but there was really there was a moment, and there's often a moment for a lot of people. And for me, it was an accident. I I crashed a I crashed a bike in in L.A. Um, on Figueroa in Highland Park. So if anyone knows it, it's it's kind of busy. It's, uh, it is it's very not, busy. not the best place to crash. Um, right. And, and I ended up on a backboard. I ended up, thankfully, in Pasadena at the hospital rather than, you know, anywhere else I could have been. I went to Huntington, which was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you know, it sounds like the most horrific thing, right? I ended up on a backboard. I had – I shattered my collarbone and broke mo- all of the ribs on the left side of my body, Um and it was actually the best thing that ever happened to me because I ended up in a yoga class. Mm. Wow. And you know, from what I've heard, I, it was it, your wife that introduced you to yoga. Is that true? Yeah. So we we lived we lived in L.A. for quite a long time, for seven years. Mm-hmm. And right. we, we lived not too far from South Pasadena, and we drove by Mission Street Yoga quite regularly. Mm-hmm. And... Neither of us did yoga, but we would go past it when I was doing physical therapy going to Huntington. And I started to think, oh, you know, my physical therapy was ending. My insurance was running out. And I started to think, like, I needed to do something else to to keep getting better because I wasn't better from the accident. And so for Christmas, she got me a gift certificate for yoga at Mission Street Yoga. Mm. And we didn't know anything about really like different kinds of yoga it right. just happened to be the studio that was close to us and it had a sign that said you know gift certificates or something right, right. And, <laughs> and at the time mission street yoga was an anusara studio teaching alignment teaching people how to like get through trauma in their life whether it was emotional right. trauma or physical trauma and for me it was just it was so transformative it was mm. incredible a lot no of great things have come out of mission. Yeah, a lot of great things have come out of mission yoga. Um, every, you know, I live here in Pasadena, and it's one of the things that is so well known. The studio. There's a lot of healing that has come through mission yoga, and there's a lot of great instructors that live on the east side of LA that started at mission yoga. So I, yeah. I honor that. That is so awesome. We have a lot of friends in common who either have taught at Mission Yoga or still teaching at Mission Yoga, one time was there. So I, I, yeah. I give props to those guys there. Um, one of the things, I, I love reading your bio. You have taught 
from Canada to Italy. You've been in Shanghai, Russia, Indonesia. My friend, you are a global yogi, and this is what we all inspire to do, um, to take this mission or this, this message of healing and the yoga practice global. How did that process start for you? My, my, some of my first uh, teachers that were teaching me, you know, out of, outside of regular public classes, the more like workshop right. teachers and the, mm-hmm. those sorts of the second level of finding teachers, they were, they were traveling to teach. And my BY life, my before yoga life, I had worked right. in the music industry mm-hmm. um, and part, I had worked in the business side and partly that was because I was the kind of, person who wanted to be a rock star but never was <laughs> but it wasn't because i didn't like it was because i didn't actually want to be right the, the life it right. seemed like it was what i wanted but i didn't actually have the drive and the passion to do that right. but i ended up working in music because i had the drive and the passion for music <laughs> so i've always i've always had that sort of that dream of traveling the world and it being my job and when I was getting, when I was becoming a yoga teacher and I first met people who were teaching yoga and doing that as their job, traveling the world and teaching yoga, and they had communities of students all over the world, I was like, oh my gosh, this, is, this, this just keeps getting better and better, this yoga thing. And so it was always my goal as a teacher to travel and teach and build communities of like-minded students and friends, teachers around the world. And you know, I, I, I love this because this is what we've been talking about about 2015 is you set the goal and you set your intention and you manifest what you want it, the life that you want it. That's really the journey that we're on. And um, so, so fair play to you and, and congratulations on that. But I got to ask you, what is Blame Yoga? <laughs> what does that mean? What is it? What is it? Well, it's blame has just always been my company and my persona and my right. you know, my my email and my you know everything that is associated yeah. with me. I've used that for I guess more than twenty years now. Okay. Um, and because it's spelled incorrectly, it's B L A I M. Right. It it's a little easier to find. Right. If it was spelled correctly, um, there's a, there's a long sorted story to that, but that's probably it's probably best left there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. But as, blame as the a yoga. Manager, I used right. to manage bands, and my my website has been blame.me for a long time. So it, it was funny okay. then, right? I'm the manager, so blame me. And, right. And now, I know. <laughs> now I, I, I like to say that you know, well, why do you know? Now that I teach yoga, students like. Oh, I have all these issues, Stephen. What what do I say when people people say that? Oh, man, you look really good. Oh, blame me. Oh, that's you know, so awesome. Blame, blame <laughs> the yoga. <laughs> hey guys, if you go to blame dot me, you're going to see so many incredible pictures of uh, Stephen doing yoga all over the world, and I'm just just amazed at at the journey that you've taken, and you you also. Um, you give workshops all over the all over the world. Where's your favorite place to give a workshop? Oh, I can't pick favorites, can I? 
Oh, sure you can. <laughs> of course you can. We, we can think big. I have. Can I tell you something? I'm going to tell you a little secret, and my listeners will know this. My class, they laugh every time I say this. At the end of a class, I always say, you're my favorite class. And it doesn't <laughs> matter what I'm teaching because in that moment, that is my favorite class. May it be cycling or may it be yoga or strength class. I go, you guys are my favorite class. And everyone goes, yeah, right. So, okay, let's, let's reframe that then. Places that has really inspired you and you're like, I got to get back there. Let's see. Great point. <laughs> uh, Ljubljana. Okay. Um, Ljubljana in Slovenia. Um, mm-hmm. It's a, the city that I've we went through on our cycling trip. So my wife Jane and I did this cycling trip that we've touched on right. a little bit here and there. Um, so it's one of the places <laughs> we went on a cycling trip. And uh, we... So I went back there and taught yoga workshops uh, a few months ago, and I'm going back again next year. And mm-hmm. it's just the the community there is it's really special. The the studio owners have are creating something and have been creating for quite a long time something that's quite different from what I usually am exposed to. And there's a lot sure. of it's a lot of it's a it's what a lot of people might call a slow hatha practice. <laughs> it's it's very very detailed teaching. They teach in you you have to pay for a term of classes. So mm-hmm. they have the same group for every class that they go to for eight weeks, twelve weeks. So you have the same core you have the same students in every class and you really get to work with them and they have a really really well thought out curriculum for their students. It's not like, you know, in LA or most cities, when you go to a public yoga class, you're just it's right. a public yoga class. You get kind of what are you getting? I don't really know. It, it says vinyasa. I yeah. don't know what I'm going to get. It might not be vinyasa. Chances are it won't be. <laughs> one so, of the things I know. Well, one of the things I love what you what you were just saying is that in the ideal world in America, this is what we. You know, yogi, yogi instructors, myself, let me speak for myself. This is what I pray for. If I could have a group of students that I can work with for eight weeks, because when I teach it, I teach vinyasa and I teach at Equinox. And every week we have new people coming in. I have some people who've been with me for years, but I have also 75% sometimes can be new students. And so I, it, that would be an ideal situation. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And then, so mm-hmm. when I when I teach with those students, they're mm-hmm. they're so focused on learning mm. because their classes are really different than a regular right. class, like than what we would call a regular class. Right. Right. Um, yeah, so that's just one example. I mean, there's there's so many places. I'm going going mm. back to China again. In yeah, China. I see you at the Great Wall there. What a great yes. picture! What a great Thanks. picture! You that's... did yoga on the Great Wall of China. Yeah, and you know, Jane, <laughs> Jane is an incredible photographer. So she took a, most of the photos that are on our website on the bike trip website, the my5acres.com website. Right. Uh, 
she took most of those and all of those pictures of me that are on my website she's taken. Oh, she well, fair play to your wife. She's awesome. Uh yeah. <laughs> very talented. Very talented. Yeah. And I see you doing splits in Berlin. <laughs> yeah. In That's sounds like play. a title for your for your, your book, my friend, Splits in splits Berlin. In Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> that is so awesome. Well let let's we kinda talked about it, we kinda tapped on it a little bit, but let's talk about my five acres. Let's talk about sure. your bike trip. How, how you're on a bike for how long? Well, we say sixteen months. Um, you know, we weren't <laughs> riding our bike every day of those 16 months. Right. We took we took four weeks off in Shanghai in the winter, uh-huh. uh, and I taught yoga, so that was fun. Right. Uh, so, so, you know, 16 months from the time we left L.A. until the time we arrived in Ubud on Bali and decided that that was the end of the bike trip for now. Okay. So we... We left L.A. in March 2013, mm-hmm. and we we sold our house, we sold our cars, we got rid of a lot of stuff. We used to, we on our bike trip we said we got rid of most of our stuff, but we've recently moved mm-hmm. from L.A. back to Canada, and we realized we actually kept a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's not a lot of stuff compared to most people, but it still feels right. like a lot of stuff. Um, right. But anyway, we. Thought we got rid of a lot of stuff. Uh, we did get rid of a lot of stuff. We we've moved a lot in our life. We are both Canadian, and we moved from Vancouver to Europe, and we moved from Europe to America, and we now moved back to Canada. and And when we do these big moves, we like to have parties where we give away a bunch of stuff. So we did that when we were leaving LA. We had a huge party, and people came and took stuff from our house. Uh, I'm actually looking at a stack of DVDs that have little red dots on them right now. And the little right. red dot we put on things, and it meant don't take. Don't take it. <laughs> we love this. We love this, this one. Not, so I'll take it. <laughs> like my family guy box set. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is so awesome. So, like, we really got rid of stuff. Like, it was really fun, except for the family guy box set. <laughs> um, and then we we flew to Rome with our bicycles mm-hmm. and we rode our bikes to Indonesia. Uh-huh. <laughs> we didn't I, you, we didn't really ride our bikes the whole way, but that's the easiest. <laughs> okay, I got to uh, Stephen, I got to stop you there. I'm going through a myriad of emotions here. I'm I'm inspired <laughs> to do what you did. But I'm also so attached, and and so I, I'm I'm I, I'm fearful of this. So it's something that I know that I really want to do one day. Um, what was the emotions that you were going through when you guys decided you're going to do this? I really was concerned about leaving LA. Yeah. I we we both love LA. Love LA. It's not in the past tense. It's we love LA. It's a, it's mm-hmm. People who don't live there don't understand. I don't think mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, right. You know how that it's a it's a special place. Mm-hmm. And but because we're Canadian, we can't live there forever. And right. we always knew our time there was temporary. 
Um, so, so that was, that was, that was a big emotion to deal with. And I'm still dealing with that, you know, like I still love LA, but fortunately with, I'm, I get to come and see LA regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also didn't want to leave my students behind. Mm. I, I was teaching every day, several times a day. And I had a lot of people that I saw regularly that we were doing really fun work with. Like it was, right. it's really special. Like you know, you teach you teach people. Like mm-hmm. it's a, it's a really intimate connection, and right. and I knew that I would be leaving that behind. I I didn't know that the bike trip was going to really kickstart my career traveling and teaching yoga. I mm-hmm. thought that it was going to set me back because I wasn't going to be teaching. I was going to be riding my bike. And so there was, you know, there was a lot of that, a lot of, like, I was, it was hard. It it was a really tough decision to do it. Um, Mm. But the more we looked in, the more we, like, read other blogs of people who had done trips like this, there were a couple of blogs that people, you know, they had done very similar things and gone on these amazing adventures, like daily adventures. Mm. Again, I'm I'm very very inspired when I read the blogs of people who've done that and hearing stories like yourself of people who just and and I I really believe that is a huge lesson that we get to learn and have our own shift around our life is that how much are we are so attached to that does not allow us to have that freedom to do the things that our soul's calling. What was your biggest yeah. lesson you learned after making that decision? Unattachment, um, detach from your your material things, and go off and and explore. What was one of your big big aha lessons, universal insights that you gained on that journey? It feels amazing. Mm. I mm. I stay with people when I travel to teach. I stay right. with with friends or studio owners or hosts, you know, students of the studio. And mm-hmm. a lot of people have a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it actually makes them unhappy. This is, yeah. I, I really believe this. The more stuff you have, the more that stuff makes you unhappy. I'm not saying like overall, you know, those people are unhappy. And, you know, but the more stuff you have, it has, it plays, it's part of the play in your unhappiness, I believe. And I really, um, I try and encourage people to get rid of the excess stuff in their life. Like I don't, it, you know, have clothes. It's part of the illusion. Clothes. It's a part of yes. this, this illusion that we think that we're living because we, we're valid because of all the things that we have. But these are the things that we are like the Buddha you know, one of the greatest lessons of the Buddha was to release everything that we have attached to and to really find freedom. And yeah. when Siddhartha released his lavish lifestyle of his father's mother, and he just found what he was looking for by sitting under the Bodhi tree and releasing everything, even his, even his, 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 his search for enlightenment when he was so attached to finding enlightenment, it was finding the release of that attachment where he found it. It it really, I I think that's 
I think as people, it's in the decision to do something mm-hmm. that there is a huge transformation. Mm-hmm. The the doing it can also bring a huge transformation, but it's in that moment of it's like you can only you can only give up your addiction when you decide to give it up. Right Ooh. at that moment, you've actually given up the addiction. Ooh. It might take some time to <laughs> right. stop using, but it's right. only once you decide. It's only once you let go that 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 transformation really is possible. And once once the trip became real, and once we were letting go of things, that mm-hmm. well, everything started to flow, and everything started mm-hmm. to. I really like your get ready to roll because you know we were getting ready to roll. Like right. We had no idea how far we were going to roll our bikes, but we were, you know, there was so much to go through, and every part of it was shedding one layer of weight of excess of even a, a little bit of unhappiness. Like every everything we got to do to get us ready for the next stage, and yeah, it's so liberating. So how did you get past, and this is some of the questions that our listeners will have, and I have myself, so I, I'm going to ask that question. How did you get past the, um, I don't want to say attachment, but the responsibility of just bills like student loans and your mortgage and all this, that people are, are looking to do a journey like this, but they still have these responsibilities, financial responsibilities. What was the biggest or let me i'm going to ask you what's your biggest lesson or 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 advice you can give someone who's looking to do a journey like this who's attached and and connected to all these responsibilities financially it cost us <clears throat> excuse me it cost us less to travel for 16 months than it would have cost us to live in los angeles for those same 16 months wow wow we sold our house, so we got mm-hmm. rid of our mortgage. Like that's a like okay. we did big things. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> huge. It's not that's like huge, it was huge, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, huge. And when you sell a house, if you're lucky, there's yeah. a profit, and so that helps fund the trip, right? Because we right. weren't really working on the trip. I taught you. Okay, and hold on just for a minute, Stephen. Hold on just for sure. a second, please, listeners. I'm not telling you to go sell your house. Okay, <laughs> this is Steve's experience. Okay, don't and don't write me saying Skip told me to go sell my house. I did not tell you to do that. Okay, so Stephen, carry on. I just wanted to make sure they understood. I'm not saying go sell your house. <laughs> but you're right, Skip. Like you're you're totally right. Like we have these huge attachments in life that make these mm-hmm. make these things really difficult. And obviously, what right. what what Jane and I did it's it's a it's a it's on the one end of the extreme of what you can do as a change in your life, right? Mm. It's it's like any of the stories of the Hindu tradition. It's it can be your metaphor of of a guide for making any change in your life. Like it's right. hard work. It takes a lot of effort. It it takes some huge shifts in life. Whether it's mm-hmm. selling your selling your house or whether it's like selling your boyfriend. Like getting rid right. of it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Hello, <laughs> which I just recently did. <laughs> I didn't sell my boyfriend. I just <laughs> that's that's no no. I did sell my boyfriend, but I did have to release some people that I was you know one person I was dating that no longer served. It was the hardest thing I could do, and I did it the day before 
New Year's Eve. And wow. I just knew it. I had to do that. And it was one of the hardest things I, I had to do. The other thing that we, we like to talk about, and I always tell people I'm not telling you to be a vegan or to be to be a vegetarian, but giving up the meat, the meat product, is one of the hardest things that people can do, are doing these days, but they know they need to because you're a vegan. And, yeah. and giving up that attachment of, oh, I need my meat. I talk to my clients all the time, and they say, well, how do you give up your meat? I'm going, I just did it. I saw that it knew, no longer served me, and I just how do you I, I decide to give it up. I'm sorry? That's what I want to ask them. How do you not give up the meat? Yeah, yeah. Or um, have you seen, you know, <laughs> Forks Over Knives, or have you seen any, any of the way, you know, these movies that show you how food is being processed these days? Um, Over the holiday, it, my niece said something about liking ham, and I said, oh, the pig. And she said, I like to call it ham. <laughs> yeah, because you don't want to accept that it's a pig. That's denial, man. I love <laughs> totally. I like to call it ham. <laughs> but that's oh, why that's we use great. those words, right? Like so that we're not right. we don't call it cow. We're never eating cow. We're always eating some kind of beef. <laughs> hamburger. We're eating a hamburger. Yeah. It sounds so. Yeah. Yeah, it's so right. It sounds so what innocent. I'm gonna know. have a hamburger. <laughs> It's German, isn't it? Delicious. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, let me ask you, what was your big aha moment around uh, becoming a vegan? Um, I had been vegetarian for a long time before that. Right. Like, I think at least 10 years before becoming vegan. Um, I I actually bought Jane a book Um I wish I could remember the name of oh, Romans, Romans in Pasadena. Um, okay. I bought her the Jonathan Safran four book, eating animals. And I knew nothing about it. I, I know Jonathan Safran four is a writer and I like his right. books and I thought Jane would like the book. I didn't realize that it was a nonfiction book. I thought it would be another novel of his. Right. And the girl, the girl, it was a staff recommended book, and the girl at the desk said, "Oh, oh, I really like this, and I'm already vegan." And I thought, "That's weird. Why did she say that?" <laughs> but then the whole right. book is about his, his journey. It's a, you know, it's it's he's having a son, and he decides to look into the food that he's feeding his son. Um, he's having a son. He and his partner are having a child, who's a son, right. and so they, he looks into <laughs> the dairy industry and the meat industry and the egg industry and it it's it's disgusting mm-hmm. and all of the reasons that I was a vegetarian should have meant I was also a vegan but mm-hmm. I had just convinced myself that it was too hard to give up cheese and eggs mhm and I didn't and I guess I still drank milk at that point maybe no I must have I may have switched to almond milk already by then. Um, right. But, but like, you know, food, like there's so much if processed food has egg in it. Right, right. And like even processed food like at the cafe, your cookies and your muffins, mm-hmm. you know, like all of that is not vegan. No, it's not. And, it's not. And that was actually so liberating. 
once Jane decided mm. that she would try being vegan for six weeks after reading the book, and I was like, oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> and was she, she was a vegetarian at the time? Vegan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. But, and I do most of the cooking at home and when I'm home. Right. Right. So I decided that it was just easier if I was vegan too. Like I'm like, right. okay, fine, I'll try it too. And <laughs> it was it was so fun to mm-hmm. experiment with cooking in ways that were different. And it's not really that different, <laughs> especially as a vegetarian. Most of the things I right. ended up cooking normally were already vegan. Right. Um, I, and then you know, when what, I went to the cafe, oh, I didn't get the yeah. hot cookie. I just got the Ooh. coffee. So it was okay. good for my waistline as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of one of the pro- and and we're very, you know, lucky living here in LA cuz you can throw rock and hit a vegan restaurant in, you know, a, a lot of, you know, we have a lot of great vegan restaurants here and in in town and one of the things I and talk to my clients. I have a vegan cookbook coming out for yoga. It's called The Lotus Kitchen, and it's it's vegan cooking to inspire your yoga practice. So one page Brilliant. is a vegan recipe. The other page is a yoga practice. And and so we're con- connecting the two together. And one of the things I love to do, I ha- I'm very blessed here in, in Pasadena. I have an organic garden, and I go out to the back, and we're growing spinach and kale and lettuce and and Brussels sprouts right now, and we have some winter tomatoes growing. And I am just so grateful when I walk out to my backyard and I clip the kale fresh and I just go and put it in a pan of olive oil with a little garlic, and I'm going, oh, my God, why don't more people just eat this way? It is so easy, but it's not economically sound for people or they feel like it's not it's it's a challenge it really is a challenge it, it is costs a challenge. quite a quite a lot of money to eat properly it takes you know you can feed a family of six by going to mcdonald's on a week that you you know you feed one day going into whole foods you know it's one of those things that i don't i don't get it i don't get it it's Farmers markets are abundant now, yeah. and the yeah. product is fresh. The prices are right. probably higher than at your cheap bag of vegetable grocery store. Right, but they will have more nutrients, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely, you you know you're support, supporting the local economy as well. Whereas the produce that you get at the large grocery stores generally is not supporting the local economy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, growing your vegetables, It's that's a that's a hard thing. I, you know, I, I always struggled with how much water it took to grow tomatoes in L.A. Like, I just stopped right. trying to grow tomatoes in L.A. because, it, you know, it seemed like such a waste of water in the desert. I should leave that to the professionals. Yeah, one of the things that we do here in Pasadena, because we're in a major drought here, what we do is our lawn is like don't set a fire in front of our lawn. 
because our lawn is brown and crispy and ready to catch up. So our so what we've done, and I live in the duplex here, and 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 so there are three of us in in the compound. We call it the compound because it's a gated um, house there. So people, so it's three of us here, and we've decided that we would not water the lawn. Our lawn is brown, crunchy, and nasty. In fact, we're removing the lawn and putting in um, succulents, drought-resistant plants. So we have taken that water and not having a lawn, and now we're feeding the three of us through our organic garden in the back. So we are now we have we're definitely conscious of the water and uh, it's just, one of the things I find for me it's part of my meditation experience it's part of going out blessing and thanking Mother Father God for the growing for growing and it's it's become a spiritual practice for me to do that so um, yeah so that's what that's what I love we're, that we're you kind say of that. doing there I I'm I've you know I made some notes for today and. You were you were talking about your your spiritual practice for the for the new year and right. we have recently moved to Vancouver Island and I have just been so in love with going outside and it's cold and it's wet it's gray you know it's yeah. a lot like Seattle weather here um, mm-hmm. and but we're surrounded in Canada by, right know, Vancouver Canada yes yeah yeah. So on Vancouver Island, so steps from my house, I can see the ocean and oh, the harbor. Amazing. And snow caps. Have you ever done the gross grind? Have you done the gross grind yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love the <laughs> that, that sucker killed me. Okay, I went up because we're both brand ambassadors for Lululemon, and I went up to SSC. And one of the things they invited us my first time at the SSC for one of the ambassador conferences, and they said, "Okay, we're going to do the gross grind." I'm like, "Like, what is what's the grind?" They're going. I can't tell you. You just got to go experience it. It's a hike. And I went, okay. I started that sucker, and I was like about, what, five, five minutes in there, and I was anaerobic, dude. It almost killed me. But it was one of the <laughs> most – it was one of the greatest though, right? experiences ever. I loved it. And I said, if I wanted to live anywhere else in Canada, I, it would, if I would live in Canada, it would be Vancouver because of that, because of that – spiritual practice of being outside and and the hiking it's amazing yeah yeah steps from my house there's a stream that salmon spawn in in the fall and it's in a beautiful wooded area that's protected and the whole stream is protected because the salmon Mm. salmon spawn is protected so it's a beautiful natural space with trees that go up 150 feet and it's just beautiful Oh, so oh, but, you know that's, that's part amazing. Of spiritual practice now. Um, I, also, I love I it. I wanted to mention your uh, talking about xeriscaping your yard, which I think is a brilliant thing to do. Um, the Theodore Payne Foundation. I want to give a shout out to them. Um, okay. They're in Sun Valley, and they mm-hmm. are a nonprofit nursery that specializes in California native plants. Wow. Uh, they also have like organic soil for you to purchase for repotted plants for for mm-hmm. succulents and sorts of things but they're a great place to go and buy plants that are native to the neighborhood and that will survive in your drought resistant yard great. they're amazing 
Well, do me a favor. Would you please post that onto um, onto the shift page there um, yeah. so people can get that information? That would be awesome. Um, we're about to close down the show, but I, I always ask my guests this, and one of the things I, I, I want to ask you, the shift, and that's the name of our show. But if you hear the word the shift or someone's going through a shift or you've gone through many shifts in your life on the bike and off the bike, on the mat, what does a shift actually mean for you? Well, I, I I like to I like to think of it in a, in a positive sense, you know. Mm-hmm. So, there, you know, it could be it could be a negative shift, but I, I like to think that we're 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 working towards positive shifts in our life. Um, oh yeah. So to to me, it's it's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to learn, and it's op- an opportunity to discover whether you know this path is actually going in the right direction for you. So so often we can get stuck on our goal being immovable. You know, you were talking about the the smaller shifts, right? You were talking about the intentions, like going to yoga and cutting out sugar. Like those shifts, I think. Like those because those are the hard things to do. Like to actually right. go to yoga three times a week. That's right. hard to do. Yeah. To stop eating sugar. Two days a week—that's really hard to do. If you know what sugar's in, that's almost impossible to do, mm-hmm. right? right. So those are actually the shifts that allow us to achieve our goals, to have these big changes in life, to to achieve the things we want in life. And the shifts are there—they they allow us to actually to shift our goal. Mm. People can get scared of shifting their goal, and I think shifting yeah. your goal is really important. To remember that just because it was what you wanted yesterday doesn't mean it has to be what you want today. Mm, I love that. That that's really powerful. And one of the things I, I always talk to clients about is that we're always in the middle of a shift if we allow it to be. We're always in that place of growth and 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 expansion and learning more and being more conscious and being more mindful and that's you know, moment to moment as well. I'm having shifts moment to moment. I learned so much from you today in this conversation, and I am so grateful that Mauricio put us together. He's amazing. He said, you got to talk to this guy. He He's great. Gotta, he's <laughs> like, you got to talk to this guy. And, and then we get into our conversation before going online, and it's like, oh, we know the same people. Oh, we do the same. Oh, okay. So the next time that you're back in L.A., let's take some time to – have tea or just get together. I would love to to connect with you in person. And it, this has been a wonderful conversation. Um, where can people okay, get in contact with you? Sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. What, what were you saying, my friend? I said, well, go get vegan donuts at Donut Friend. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> where can people find out more information about your yoga, about your your blog, for your uh, your journey, and and work? And people can find you on Facebook. But give us give us a lowdown. Give us a rundown. Sure. Uh, blame dot me. B l a i m m like mother. Blame dot me. M e. That's my main website for yoga for my blogging uh our bike trip though has its own website it's it's a sort of a lifestyle has some vegan recipes on it things about ideas about how to downsize your life that's my five acres all written out all words my five acres.com 
we actually blogged every day of the trip. So there's 16 daily blogs to read from the day we flew to Rome to the day we arrived in Ubud um, and everything in between, 22 countries, 10,000 miles in between. Um, and and, and yeah, I'm, I'm on it right now, and it looks great. I can't wait to really spend some, some serious time on there, and I'm going to look at your tips as well on how to downsize. I need to do a little some downsizing right. myself. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody could. I mean, I could. Oh. Right. And you're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And what's your handle for those? Uh, on Instagram, it's Blame, like my website. On Facebook and Twitter, it's Blame Yoga, all one word. So B L A I M okay. Yoga. So Facebook.com slash Blame Yoga and Twitter.com slash Blame Yoga. Yeah. Okay. So those. Gotcha. Those, those, those are the various places to find me. I'm sure there are others. You could find me on LinkedIn if you were really bored one day. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> he said it, not me, y'all. Okay. <laughs> this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank and Stephen, uh, I really bless you and your wife. And thank you for the work that you're doing and you're putting out on the planet. And uh, we'll stay in contact. So thank you so much. Hey, my friends, remember, you are the shift, so be the shift that you want to be in your life. All right, everyone, Happy New Year. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Bye, Stephen. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.